Welcome to the Between Brothers Podcast. We have the chance of Charisma himself in the building. What's going oh. on, brother? Not much. I'm just saying, can I talk my shit? Oh, yeah. And nobody care about Jaguars, man. <laughs> First, hold on, let me get through. And of course, the Duke down there in his land of the building. Uh, tune in every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and also follow us on TikTok, the Between Brothers Podcast, TikTok page, and Aster.media on Instagram. Um, my brother's feeling good about himself because his trash team uh, made it to the playoffs. So I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go ahead and do your thing before we bring our our special, the most special guest we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> go ahead and do do your thing. Do your thing. All I'm saying is that we're going to lose in the AFC Championship game. That's all I got. Uh, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't know what's more funnier. The fact that y'all, you think I'm going to get to the AFC Championship game or uh, that you, uh, that I'm, I was expecting like a huge braggadocious thing and that's all you had to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, what's it called? Uh, Ain't really much to say because it's like when we're in and now that we're in, gotta start taking care of business. And the first team we gotta play is the last is the uh is the team we blew out back in uh, week three. Oh, they coming for that revenge. Yeah, and it's in our building this time instead of in uh LA. Yeah. Okay, bet. Bet but yeah. Um just uh just to go through my week this week was um it was fun it was fun had a lot of fun this week this weekend um uh i have uh, gotten a new alarm clock it is um uh our daughter um she'll she'll come into the room in the middle of the night and get into bed with us and she'll uh get up or the other day two days in a row she got up and she's like you know daddy daddy and I'm like you know just sitting up I'm already awake because I get up mad early and and she'll say oh yeah daddy and then punch me in the chest <laughs> nothing prompts this I just get punched in the chest every morning <laughs> after a oh yeah daddy didn't say nothing just <laughs> That's what the problem was. <laughs> but we, we didn't had a, say nothing. We had a fun week, and I'm I'm gonna brag about the Jaguars a little bit because on I, I told y'all on this podcast to look out for them and now they're the champions of their division. So, but anyways, um, without further ado, I have mentioned this esteemed gentleman on our podcast a number of times. Um, you know. The best dad I know, the best man I know, the the best financial expert I know. I can't I can't really. There's not a lot of words I can say to describe this person. And definitely, anytime I have a tough decision, I go to him uh, for it, and he's he's always giving it to me straight. And um, thank God I don't have feelings. Cause he sometimes how he when he comes down on me it'll make a, the average man cry, <laughs> but he does it cause he loves me. Without further ado, 
the great esteemed financial expert who's going to teach us about money today, John Epting in the building. Give him a round of applause. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, thank you for having me. Can you guys hear me? Yes, great. Yes, sir. Great. Hey, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to be a guest. Uh, so it's a privilege to be here. And uh, let me correct John a little bit. Uh, best father, best best husband, man. I don't um, best man he knows if I recall correctly. We might have to play that take back, but uh, that, te- that tells me he don't know many men, I guess. Like, the pool of many Very small. If I can make it to the top of the list, it's like, man. We gotta, we gotta bring him around more people. <laughs> No, no, look, look, look. Like I, I said, like I said, it's it's um definitely, definitely um a lot a lot of stuff it when it comes to certain things I move about in my life. Um as far as men in my life, John has definitely been um the person who's stepped up, been that father figure uh in my life and um been a father figure in many, many people's lives, um, if I'm be real about it. Uh, but you know, I feel like I feel like uh, I got ownership though. Like everybody got to come second <laughs> to me. Uh, if I need advice, everybody. If, I, if even if somebody asks ten minutes before me, they he got to stop talking to them and come to what I got going on. Wow. No, let me stop. Let me stop. But um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm a man of honor, so yes. I, I probably won't. I probably won't stop talking to them. <laughs> But uh, you are right. You, you do hold a special place in our family's heart. So yes, yeah. I probably I probably cut theirs short and then come back to them <laughs> and handle whatever it is. But uh, hey, it's been a privilege to have you in our life too, man. You know, yeah. the the reason I can be the man I am, and you're, and you're right. I have I've had the privilege to be in a lot of people's lives and speak speak into them, uh, but only for a couple of reasons. One, I earned the right to speak into their lives. But two, I had good men and women in my life. Like, you know, uh, I've always said that in order for you to trust a leader that you're following, you should know who's leading them. Mm. And I've had great mentors. I've had great coaches in my life. And and you got to seek out mentorship. You know, the people who don't have a mentor, I'm concerned for them, really. Because that is one, it's an arrogant disposition. You actually think you got it. And um, I don't have it. I don't know. I'm still getting better. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited about getting better. You know, one of my core values is intentional growth. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it, John. You and I've been, wow. We've been hanging out together what, since you were 19. Yeah. So 15 years. One on wow. 16. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it's a privilege, man. And, and in order for me to lead you in the ways I've had to and us talk about very, very, very tough situations and, and mm-hmm. walk through them together, I had to grow, too. So it's not just you doing the growing. Just to lead you, I had to grow, too. So, yeah. Uh, but I appreciate that, we, you know, I, I don't think the podcast is about you and I. But, uh. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate the intro. And I've met Lloyd. You know, I've, yes. I've seen him before. I've seen him. I mean, in 15 years, of course, we come across fast yeah. you know you, you got sister and stuff like that so yeah um but of course um 
you know, the, for those who don't know John, you know, in, in our relationship, like I said, I've known him, you know, almost half my life now. Um, you know, he's been exceptional. Um, he's had, you know, a lot of ups and downs in his life that we've spoke through. Um, he's gotten me through some tough situations. Um, but, you know, of course I got him on here mainly because he's, um, he's a financial expert who has not only made people a lot of money, saved people a lot of money and taught people wealth and how to accumulate wealth. And he's done it better than anybody that I know. So um, a lot of people, and I started with this podcast last um, last week and now this week, and I want to try to make this more of a trend, is the fact that a lot of people, when it comes to New Year's resolutions and goals for the year, there's two things that come up a lot in my in our community, the the the, the black community, and I don't think a lot. I think the biggest issue with our community is that a lot, we talk a lot, we don't do a lot, and and we in order for us to in order for us to do we can give you the knowledge and everything like that believe me there's been plenty of stuff that john has told me that i needed to do that i didn't get around to for two three years because i was like okay i heard it but i didn't you know but i it's not exactly the way i want to do it so i'm gonna still try it this way and then okay when i fall flat on my behind four or five, six times, okay, now let me listen. And we probably should start trying to kick that habit in the community in 2023. Obesity is the biggest killer of us in um, in our community. And we all talk about how white people and all these other people bring us down and hide, hide facts from us, hide wealth from us, hide the ability to accumulate wealth. But here's a, a black man who's overcome all of that and who's been able to teach people how to overcome that. So that's the focus of our podcast today. It's kind of funny. Last week was our 100th episode. And um, and what made me lose 63 pounds was a 100-day challenge. And this week, we got it's our 101st episode, and we got Finance 101 right here. So, <laughs> so uh, it wasn't even intentional. I didn't know that... Uh, that uh, what episode we were on until last week. So <laughs> I lost track of that for about three months. So um, but anyways, um, the first thing I want to ask you, John, is yeah. um, how, first of all, how did you get into the financial industry and um, and what made you stick with it all, um, what is it, 20, 22, 23 years now? Uh, next month will be 22 years. Yeah. Next month will be 22 years. So, wow. uh yeah, I, I grew up, well, I didn't come from money. I'm the oldest of nine children. Uh, I was born in, born in the south suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, in Harvey, Illinois. Uh, we moved to Nebraska when I was 16. Uh, actually, the month that I turned 16, so early October of that year. And then, um, you know, watch my parents struggle, watch them go through things. And, uh, you know, you don't really know you're poor. Uh, you don't really know how how, how to, it's just life to you. It's no big, you know, no big deal. Parents made sure that we ate, and uh, and uh, it, you know, now it, at my age, now I see, I see my parents as heroes. You know, because they they had a lot of sacrifice. My my parents did all kind of jobs and things like that, and then my dad landed with the railroad, 
and he worked for Union Pacific Railroad. And, and so he was a black man who was making six figures in the 80s. And uh, but he raised nine children on that income, you know, so uh, still kind of tough still. And, and then they weren't the best of, of managing resources either. Yeah. Uh, managing money. But uh, but I think they did a great job. You know, all of my brothers and sisters have done very well. They're doing great. You know, I, I appreciate them. They're they're You know, I call my my family a family of rock stars. Like I, I just got to be lucky to be a part of them. You know, they're all doing interesting things but uh when i left high school instead of going to college or in you know maybe playing basketball or whatever i decided uh i didn't well one i didn't know what i wanted to do um and school was never my thing uh you probably understand what i mean when i say it wasn't my thing yeah. Yeah. um i can excel you know i notice whatever i put my focus on i'm dangerous um but uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an older guy. So, you know, the diagnosis of ADD, ADHD, you know, dyslexia, uh, wasn't on the forefront. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I appreciate the fact that it wasn't because I think those things, a diagnosis like that would have held me back to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just did school. Wasn't my thing. Didn't know if, what I wanted. I mean, the only thing I was possibly interested in was law enforcement. Um, but didn't want to go to school because I didn't really know. So I decided yeah. to join the military. And I spent, you know, uh, uh, I, would, I joined during the Desert Storm, Desert Shield conflict. Uh, had a great time during that first two years. I joined on a two-year program back then. And I, I, I know it's a long story, but I, I joined the Navy and ended up loving the Navy. Had a good time, became a search and rescue swimmer that first two years. Uh, got to do some really cool stuff some crappy stuff too especially when you're a junior in the military it's crappy we make no money uh one of my friends who was on that first ship with me uh way back in 1991 92 uh stopped by the house yesterday he was in town from uh, new mexico and uh and we were just reminiscing a little bit we like i'm talking about this is one of the first dudes and unfortunately the last time i physically saw him you know, in person was in 1993. Wow. Uh, but he he just put on our little group chat of all our sailors from that ship that he was in, in Virginia Beach. And I was like, bro, I shot him a text real quick. Like, bro, you gotta come by the house. Like, yeah. I got an event I gotta be at. I, you know, I have to, you know, get suited and booted and go to a, a thing. But, you know, I got I got an hour. I got two hours, like come by, like yeah. at least. And we had a, we had a really good talk. and. We, we, we're planning to do some things ourselves together. But but anyway, I, I had a good time in the military and I became an accountant in the military. Okay. So, after so this the first is after, years, I became I'm accountant. sorry to cut you off. This is after okay. the, search and, the search and rescue. Yeah, yeah. So they, I, know well, you I was told still me. a search and rescue swimmer, but. Oh, okay, okay. I was still, a, you know, in the, in the Navy, you have something we call collateral duties. So ah. it, some, some guys, their main job is to be uh, what we call air crew, and they will be a search and rescue swimmer. They'll be a SAR for that air crew. But then on That's ships, it. you may have a couple of guys who it's their collateral duty to be a search and rescue swimmer. You know, so, uh, which was fun. You know, I have uh, 14, 14 uh, saves as a, as a rescue swimmer, but I became an accountant in 1993. Uh, went to the Navy's uh, military pay specialist school 
and it moved up the ranks and did very did very well in that in that field. Mm-hmm. So I was a naval accountant, military pay special. I paid the military, I paid the military, paid the military, you know, sailors and marines, but also paid the navy's bills. So when a ship pulls into a port like Haifa, Israel, or du- Dubai, or something like that, the navy has to pay the mm. state. The navy has to pay to uh, come to that country. Didn't know that. Um, so paid those bills and things like that. Moved up the ranks. Did very good. Um, I was one of the 17 people that designed the pay system that the branches of military use today. Um, but in I went through a divorce, and. Um, had some financial challenges of my own. At this point, I'm, I'm a little bit higher ranked in the military, so I'm making decent money. I'm not starving. Um, also had a side business, detailing cars. wasn't mm. wasn't struggling uh, in that sense, in, in as far as what I was bringing in. But where I was struggling is what I was doing with it, mm. how I was managing it. So that's the part that kind of woke me up. So a young man uh, introduced me to a company introduced me to a guy who was with the company um i became a client of that guy and that guy recruited me into the industry uh and then after about a year of me working with them and i didn't think i would do this i'm gonna tell you i didn't own a suit i figured i was gonna stay in the navy for 30 40 years i loved the navy it was easy military is really easy it's probably even more easy now but if you're i was raised good you know I, i had parents who taught me principles like you know, show up early, stay late, you know, mm-hmm. do what you're supposed to do. Hey, if you sign your name to something, you say you're going to do it, you have to do it. It's not, you know, my dad used to say silly stuff like, uh, hey, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best damn street sweeper. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. Like, <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about a street sweeper? Like, they don't even have street sweepers, right? So, <laughs> what are you talking about? Now, now I know he got that from the book, but the point uh, is, yeah, 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 because yeah. <laughs> now I've read the book. Yeah, right? but, yeah. But now it's you know back then it's like he used to say all kind of stuff, and I'm his oldest, so he would say stuff. And this is a you know big black man. My dad's he wasn't a you know my dad's not a small dude, right? So yeah. most people look at me and I'm big. You know I'm six three two fifty right now as I'm speaking. Uh, but shoot, my dad was six two. And, you know, he hovered around 300 pounds all the time. Like, his arm looked like a thigh. Like, 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 why is your chest that big, bro? You know, so. But he would say stuff to me, and I would be like, what are you talking about, right? But he grew up in Isola, Mississippi, and, you know, all that type of stuff. But anyway, yeah. uh, but I got into the financial industry because I got a wake-up call. After my divorce, I realized I would, when, here I am, an accountant in the Navy. I handled the Navy's money. I had $4.7 million in my safe the day I met this guy. And it was stuff that he taught me on a napkin that I didn't, I had no clue about. And it, it pissed me off, but it also woke me up. It's like, mm-hmm. man. You know, and at that time, I had like $40,000 in debt. And my girlfriend, now wife at the time, uh, probably had nineteen, seventeen to $19,000 in debt. So when we married, you're talking about, you know, between the two of us, we probably had $60,000 in debt. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of woke me up. And um, and I didn't like people. I didn't think I would be good at this. But I figured I joined, I joined the financial industry simply to learn myself. Mm. Really. 
That's a, yeah. that's the only reason I didn't think I would be good at it at all. Like wow. I didn't like people, and then honestly, yeah. I almost didn't care about people to a degree. Yeah, no, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. Now I love them, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I love people. I'm intrigued by them. Um, yeah. I love helping people. I I love to get into people's mind and figure out why they take what what makes them think the way they think. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, challenge challenge them. Challenge their mindsets, as you know. Definitely. Yeah, I'll challenge. Even if I agree with you, I'll challenge your mindset just to see if it's really your your thought. Yeah, yeah, or are definitely. You, definitely. Or you just regurgitate. There's a lot of yeah. people, especially you guys, age groups, that uh, mm-hmm. you guys are living. You guys are living with PTSD from stuff y'all didn't even go through. Yeah, you live in your 100%. parents' PTSD or people yeah. you've never even met. Like I, it, I'm shocked how many people walk around acting like they're oppressed when you ain't never been through nothing. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and, um, and I just to you know, kind of, I know we. I'm gonna mention our relationship a lot, but like there was there was one thing you said to me recently, and it changed my entire mindset. Where um, I said something, I was talking about the old job I had, and I was talking to complaining, and the guy was just being irate with me, and I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know if you was just having a bad day or it's because I was black, and you had said something like, like don't ever let that be on your mind like come up with every other reason why he could have been acting that way that had nothing to do with your complexion and i guarantee you you'll find more solutions to your problems and ever since then the solutions come faster not saying i get a solution to every problem immediately but they come so much faster when i'm thinking outside of the realm of this particular thing that has been programmed into me mm-hmm. like okay like mm-hmm. this is like it's if a white person doesn't do something or does does something i like against me it must be because of this not because of whatever the heck they got going on that had nothing to do with me so mm-hmm. um and you know and just to give the audience you know an idea like like i say even though i admire john and everything I don't, we don't agree on everything. We definitely don't agree on everything. And there's a lot of times where he'll say things. And even if I don't necessarily agree with it, I try to understand it. So it's like, and okay, this is, I can understand how he came to this or why he's, why his thoughts are this way. And it's not that he's wrong or it's not that he's right. It's a perspective that I don't have. So, you know, so, um, but, uh, but I know you said like you you know getting married and having you know a, a, a mountain of debt, um, and a lot of people or a lot of times it's like okay, what can I what can I cut back on or or financially or I guess when it comes to budgeting, how important mm-hmm. is a budget to building financial um, financial stability? Because I think that you need to have the stability first before you start thinking about mil- have, have stewarding millions of dollars in the future. Right. Uh, I, I would say uh, I w- foundational things are always important, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, uh, there, there's always, you know, the next cool investment or something like that. But principles is what's going to keep you uh, long-term. And, and 
even budgeting it you know some people don't even like that word that's like a cuss word in our country <laughs> in our culture but yeah i noticed there's there they've added new cuss words man discipline <laughs> uh budget uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, the audacity of me saying a person has to have a budget, but um, I don't, I don't, you've heard me say budget because we're close, but when I'm speaking yeah. to families I serve, I talk to them about a spending plan. Mm. Uh, can, let's spend everything on paper. Let's, let's have a, let's have a spending plan, a plan of what you're going to do with the money before it even gets there. Mm. right if you don't tell money what to do you'll wonder where it went mm. and that's what i noticed with most mm. families i've had the privilege of serving it. and now it's been thousands like i can i can confidently say it's been thousands and i'm not talking about one thousand yeah. several thousands families i've uh and and that's so and those are just the families i can count and what i mean by count is i actually have a file i actually sat down and did a financial analysis for or I sat down and did uh, life insurance or investments for them or you know I'm not even talking about the ones who who came in my my sphere of influence and I taught them something in a 30 minute you know meeting with them or a 50 minute yeah. meeting with them yeah and I never saw them again I'm not I'm not talking about my public speaking and me being on stage and me doing a PowerPoint talk I'm not even talking about them I'm talking about the ones I've actually thousands yeah it's yeah. over three thousand over 3,000 in 22 years now. Jeez. And most of the time, I, it's uh, it's the small things that kill you, right? Mm -hmm. $5 here, $7 here. Mm -hmm. Most people don't realize they spend seven to $800 a month eating out. Mm -hmm. Eating out, um, you know, where we live, 7-Eleven and Wawa and McDonald's and Burger King and mm -hmm. Hardee's and, you know, other places, Carl's Jr. and Popeye's or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. Um, but those little bitty things add up. And um, yeah. and I would say, yeah, it is important. But here's the cool thing. That's really only necessary for a period of time. Oh, interesting. And the reason I say that is because uh, what it does, it creates habits. Um, you know you know me as a Christian man. So I, yes. I say this all the time. God, God never meant for us to be disciplined. He meant for us to be habitual. The purpose of discipline is to create a habit. Think about this. If you created the habit of saving, you know that's something you can't stop now? Even you yeah. can't stop it now. Like, you yeah. have to consciously tell yourself, I ain't doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I said ain't. <laughs> I ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. He, he from Chicago. <laughs> right? You're going to let an ain't so fly every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> I, I'm clean, yeah, I'm I cleaned up, but I don't, I ain't forgot my room. I, I know where I get Right? And, and that's yeah. important too. You know, since we're talking about money, there's so many aspects of money that we could talk about. We could talk about how you dress, how you speak, how you present yourself to the world. I always tell people who, who work with me or, or has been in my organizations who have been part of our, our company, hey, you got to dress the way you want to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you guys, as we're sitting here now, you know, kind of late, we're doing we're doing this recording today, and you know, but I'm in a ball cap, and, and now I'm also in a place in my life where I can be a little bit more casual if I want. You know, I've literally yeah. done meetings in a, in a, in a jogging suit, and um, because it doesn't take people very long, a lot of, most of the people who get to meet with me now are referrals, 
and the people who who referred them has already spoke me up and it don't it don't take you long and you you figure in unless you're slow it doesn't take yeah. you long in a meeting with me you figure out i know what the heck i'm talking about exactly right and then you also you can you, my wife and and other friends and colleagues of mine have told me people can genuinely tell i care i'm, I'm a tough i'm i'm blunt i'm i'm a straightforward guy but they can genuinely tell i care mm. so so people they don't really you know but even then i still make sure i dress the way i want to be addressed and and that mm. has saved my life in many different ways because as i said to you um in reference to you know not just looking at your skin color I noticed my wife and I almost never get bad service anywhere because of the way we carry ourselves and the way we also the way we treat the very people who are serving us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Like I learned, you know, I, maybe because I'm old, but I just I learn people's names, mm-hmm. you know. But it, plus, it's, it's just me trying to get better at, with people's names. I'm horrible. I, I think I'm horrible at it. Yeah. But if I learn my waiter's name, I learn my waitress's name. You know, I, you know, when I ask for something, I speak, I ask them by name. Yeah. I notice because I treat them as a human and that's just somebody who's serving me. They, they appreciate that. And then I tip yeah. well, and, you yeah. know, in, in my mind, if I can't tip you minimum 20%, I don't even go out to eat. <laughs> it, it, to me, it's irresponsible. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about me going to pick up a pizza. They're not getting twenty yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the lady behind the counter at my at the coffee spot. They they yeah. not getting twenty percent, right? Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But I'm talking about my wife and I sat down. My daughter yeah. and I sat down. We you're serving us. Uh, yeah. We're starting it off at twenty percent. You must have really screwed up for not to not get twenty percent from me. And I probably yeah. called your manager over. Mm. If I don't feel like I should give you this twenty percent, I probably yeah. called your manager over too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. but if you if if I if I if I was sitting in your restaurant and I felt like I'm I'm gonna give you fifty percent or I tip people the bill, so the bill Oof. was this number and I tip them the exact same number. Ooh, that person I call the manager over too. Yeah, <laughs> like yo, do you Phenomenal. do you even understand the, yeah. the gym you have? I'm gonna recruit her from you. Right, I'm gonna recruit <laughs> her from you. Yeah, like you don't yeah. even you don't even. Uh, recognize what you have here yeah and uh and my wife and i've done that i was at a grocery store and you guys know those have those checkouts yeah those uh self-checkouts so i don't mm-hmm. really like going to self-checkouts but i ain't gonna lie sometimes i i don't have time to be standing in there either yeah so it was a kroger and it's a young lady and now most of the time at those self-checkouts those people are not paying attention not at all i'm just being honest man they yeah. are so lazy i see why they have a self-checkout y'all don't even deserve a job but here we go. It's one lady. It's one lady who's at the, the grocery store I frequent. Uh, it, I mean, the thing isn't even a mile from my house. She works at the self-checkout. She is always on it. Like, you could tell this lady cares about her job. I don't know if she likes her job, but she cares about it. She is on it. She, so I had to pull it to the side and, and just cop them in her a couple weeks ago. I was like, I've watched you for a long time. You are, mm-hmm. there is nobody better that stands here and do what you do. She yeah. just blushed and she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I, I said, listen, it, I'm, I'm a busy guy. I don't really want to stop and, you know, talk to you, but I had to tell you that, right? You keep up the good work. And now every time she sees me, hi, Mr. John, That's everything okay? Is there anything yeah. I can do? I said, hey, I, I'm good. 
take care of everybody else. Don't worry about me. If I need you, I'll let you know. But you yeah. you just keep doing what you're doing and train some of these other ones to do it the same way. Mm-hmm. Right? Believe it or not, that's a money principle. Huh. The way you carry yourself will generate. I believe at this point, at 51 years old, whatever you're getting from the world is because of what you're giving out. Mm. It, there's an energy to money. Mm-hmm. And one more thing before you ask another question. Uh, I, I believe money is only, I think money is a byproduct. Yes, you've you told me this before. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I've told you this before. Money is a byproduct. Money is merely a reward for solving problems. You see somebody who don't have a lot of money, they ain't solving no problems. Mm. You see somebody who got a lot of money, they like Elon Musk. Uh, right? Uh, Elon Musk, uh, 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 Jeff Bezos. So they're obviously solving problems. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's all yeah. it is. It's just a reward for solving problems. Even yeah. now, it took me a long time to catch this YouTube, Instagram, that type of stuff, right? Because I, I just didn't get it. But yeah. now I get it. The people who are on YouTube giving information, who who are enlightening people, giving people things to think about, shifting mindsets, they're solving problems. Some of them are creating problems, but there's yeah. so, there's some yeah. so, some problems being solved, and that's why exactly. the money is coming. That's just what I believe. Now. Yeah, you know, um, I was uh, I, I, th- I don't even well, you could t- correct me. I don't I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but. Um, you you spoke about you know being a man of faith and everything like that, and you definitely increased my faith because I know after my mother passed away, it, is, it wasn't that I stopped believing in God, but I did stop believing in prayer because I was right. like I've never prayed for anything harder in my life, and right. it didn't happen. And yeah. so, so um, and you know you've gotten me back to that, and you know I read the Bible, uh, you know to be honest, I should read it more, but. I was reading the Bible. I was reading the the story of Joseph, and um, and I was like, "Oh, this is a money principle here." When he told Pharaoh about his dream and putting paying himself first, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and and it, and it kept them from this famine. And I yep. was like, "This is Storing so up. early. This is early in the Bible." And mm-hmm. we have a lot of people who you know who go to church, especially like I said in our in our community they, they go to church and they never pick that up mm-hmm. and so when it comes to you know the budgeting and paying yourself first and you know all those things is that is that something that you it was just culturally that you in your family in the Epstein culture that you know you were like okay I'm gonna do this do this do this or is it something that when you gave your life to Christ and started getting into the book where you started picking up a lot of those other principles that are in the Bible that even talk about money or spirituality or things of that nature. Part of it's it's a little bit of both. For example, you know, when you look at my mom and dad, especially in the early years before he landed the job with the railroad, you know, she worked for, you know, she, she carried mail for the post office. He, he, he was a meat cutter at AMP. Um, I think he sold life insurance with Montgomery Ward or some crazy stuff. Uh, they, they had the budget just to just for us to eat. And, you know, there was a part of us that had, we had, there was a time when we were on food stamps and, and, and government cheese and getting, you know, assistance and stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
but and one of the things I noticed all throughout my life all throughout my life now I can say my mom always clipped coupons and look for the best grocery store to get the best deals those type of things mm-hmm. well, believe it or not that's a budget those are budgeting principles just finding mm-hmm. ways to save money okay yeah. And I and I took that into my my adulthood. Like even now, mm. this does sound really weird to you. you probably, I don't know if I've ever said this to you. Um, I still clip coupons. No, you don't. I do. It's a habit. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost don't that. know how not to do it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going. To, I'm not going to get Sunday papers and going yeah, through it. Yeah. No, that's not what's happening. Right, but you know how each, you know, most grocery stores have apps now, yeah, right? Yeah. And then they have uh, coupons in the app for you to click. Yeah. And you get $2 off, you know, we use, you know, a certain detergent. You know, my wife likes certain, you know, dishwashing pods, you know, yeah. even, though they, even though she don't use them. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, you know, certain things. So it, yeah. it's just a, it's just a habit, you know, I, yeah. I, it's, that's just a habit. So yeah, even even now, as weird as that might sound, I still go on that app and click. And wow. you know, I you know I, I pay attention to when you know. The, so the big grocery stores where we live here, Kroger, Harris Teeter, yeah, uh, Food Lion, uh, uh, Lidl, Aldi, right? Yeah. All right, I do pay attention to what's on sale each week, right? Yeah. So when. When, now I try to eat only grass-fed beef, but you know when when Lidl's having their grass-fed beef on sale, I'm going to go stock up a little bit. You know, uh, yeah. uh, all of our fish we buy fresh. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So I know that sounds yeah. weird, but yeah, I, to answer your question, a big part of it came when I got into the financial industry. Gotcha. And that that same year, so I I, I got recruited into the industry February February of twenty of 2001 uh that same year i got married that same year that same year my wife and i lost a son and that same year i gave my life to christ i gave my life to christ and i grew up in church but that's not the same no 100 um, yeah yeah totally not the same right is there's a big difference between church people and Ooh. a christian yeah uh uh, October of 2001 I gave my life to Christ I drew a line in the sand and I ain't crossed it mm. um, and then the next year 2002 is when I started studying the scriptures in reference to money mm. and I got introduced to a guy named uh, uh, Lee Jenkins down in Atlanta and I got introduced to some other people uh, but uh it was then that when I start seeing what you just talked about in in the scriptures of Joseph and mm. and, and the parable of the talents and or, you know Proverbs thirteen, you know all of those types of things yeah. is what yeah yeah uh, it was it was it was a little bit of both. I got a little bit from my parents too because they you know yeah. they just had they had to survive yeah and I'm still living that part. Hey, I still flip coupons. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife, and my wife, I'm gonna, if it makes you feel any better, my wife thinks I'm nuts when it comes to that. Like, what are you doing? Huh? Just she likes when she, she likes when she can go in that deep freezer and she can see all oh, that. <laughs> Say what you want, you know what I'm saying? She, 
she hey matter of fact she won't go buy deodorant without talking to me first hey you got a coupon for this wow (laughs) where should i go to get that isn't that crazy yeah no, but uh, also, of course, it's called the Between Brothers Podcast because we want to, especially, our, I think, what is, what is the numbers? I think 98% of our listeners are men. And um, I think oh, wow. 90, 92 of them are black. And so 92% wow. of them are black. Nice. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we, we, we hear a lot of stuff and, you know, separatism in the black community and things of that nature. But I just mm-hmm. want to, I, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. y'all miss, I think y'all miss something though. This is how black man keep his wife in check. <laughs> she can't get deodorant without. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but but uh, no. Nah, but uh, um, well, here's you know, here's the facts on that. You know, I'll say this real quick and wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that she can't. It's that she won't. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between me making her and she exactly. wanting to and she wanting to be in submission. Exactly, and um, and I, you know, and I, you know, I've been married. For, I've been with my wife twenty two years, so I, I get my life isn't the real world now. Like, mm. you know, you younger guys are dealing with something that you know that has hurt the specifically the black community, but all communities with this uh, with this feminism thing, where women think they Jeez. can do everything a man can do, and yeah. Uh, which is really silly, but we don't need no man. You can't even you can't even breathe in our country without a man. Like I don't yeah. know how you thought you didn't need a man. Yeah. And and I like what a young man I, I heard on I don't know one of these platforms. I heard him say uh, the reason the reason they can think like that is because life is easy. Yes. But life yes. is easy because of a man. Yes. So, um, but no, it's uh you know I, I live a little bit and don't get me wrong, my wife. You know, she could try to get out of pocket sometimes too, but um, <laughs> but because but because I uh, I walk a certain way and, and live a certain way, you know, mm-hmm. she listens to me and and uh, and and takes my leadership in for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Also, she knows I, I believe in a few things. First rule of leadership: everything's my fault. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've had some major failures in our marriage, and I took ownership of them. I didn't go blaming. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons she followed me. No, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's true leadership, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of, um, a lot of men in our community, you like, I want y'all to catch that. Like he, every he said, the first rule of leadership is everything's his fault. Like he can easily point the finger at anybody um, when it comes to certain things that may be not necessarily within his control. But he accepts responsibility and takes that and go and moves forward with it, except for just being like, oh, it's this person's fault. Oh, it's that person's fault. And that's how you get people, not even just his wife, but people in general, to follow him and submit to his will because he's shown the true, he's the definition of leadership. Like that, that's just what that wow. is. Like it's not I appreciate that. It's not Thank it's nothing, it's nothing, and it takes a special person to do that. Because all of us want to blame everybody else, all of us, yeah. you know. So it takes a special person, takes a special mindset to do that, and um, that's why, you know. To be honest, I, there's people I've known for way longer than John that I don't talk to anymore, you know. So it's just, you know, if I see him in passing, I barely 
say what's up to him, you know, and it's because of that ownership. He takes ownership of everything. And that's why he's, you know, a gifted entrepreneur who's done well in his life. And, you know, and I want to follow those footsteps. But I know um, you had mentioned, you know, doing life insurance, and that is part of your industry um, about life yeah. insurance. And I was having this conversation um, with my girl, and I said, you know, anybody who talks about wanting generational wealth and doesn't have a life insurance policy is full of crap. And the reason why I say that, and I don't even know if you agree with me or not, but the reason why I say that is because let's say you get a life insurance policy costs you $10,000 over the lifetime policy. It's a million dollar policy and you pass away. It guarantees your heirs a million dollars. But I think especially us as a black community, because we, we are, um, we're so trying to keep up with the Joneses and things of that nature. We don't even think about that. We think about living the the generational wealth part and then passing it down. It's like, well, there is actually something that everybody has access to called life insurance where you can, you're guaranteed to die. So you can guarantee your next generation or let's say you live two generations down or three generations down. Whoever's the generation that gets the money is against the money and they're instant mm-hmm. millionaires or even more than that. So. Um, how important it is for people in our community to get life insurance. Okay. And it's it's extremely important in every community, but especially a community who loves to preach about how we have been set back and left behind. Um, I agree with you. Like anybody, and let me be a little bit more blunt than you. your podcast, I'm, I, I ain't got a call. Oh, no, you, you, you're good. But, yeah, I might not get invited. We, back, but, oh, you definitely will. But, I'm sure we said some wild stuff on this podcast. Here, <laughs> Lost a couple of listeners. Here's the facts, right? Anybody who, anybody who's, anybody says they feel about generational wealth and, and you don't have a life insurance, even if you invest in, even if you got crypto, even if you got mutual funds and stock, you listen to, right? You, you watch uh, Earn Your Leisure and all of them. You don't mm-hmm. have life insurance. Even the boys on, even my guys on, on Earn Your Leisure talk about life insurance, mm-hmm. right? Often. Often. Think about this. Life, life insurance is the one investment. And listen how I just said that. Because that's how rich people think. Rich people see insurance as an investment. Mm-hmm. Life insurance is the one investment that you could screw up every other investment and your family will still get that wealth. Mm. Oh, wow. You could screw up everything. Think about this. You could, John, you and Lloyd right now could, and you're young enough that you each could go get a million dollar policy, two million dollar policy, whatever it is, right? And you could screw up everything else I talk about. You could screw up the budgeting part. You could screw up the the investing part with the 401ks and the mutual funds and the, and exchange traded funds and stock and crypto. You could screw all of that up. You could you could screw up your house situation, and your family will still get wealthy when you pass. Talking as a as a man of faith again, right? Proverbs 13 to 22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. If you really think about it, I shouldn't even be working for my children. I should be working for my daughter's children. Based on that. Yeah. Right? Based on that one scripture alone. Uh life insurance is so valuable. It's it's a I, and I'm going to be honest with you, when I started in the financial industry, one of the first licenses they told I had to get a bunch of licenses, right? Series 6, 63, 26, 65, all these different things, right? Uh, but I remember them telling, hey, you got to get your life and health license for the state. 
I'm like, why? Why do I even? I don't even know. I don't want to. No, you got to. No, I don't want to. No, you got to. That license is the most important license I have. I've seen the value of it. I've delivered 22 death claim checks. Uh, anywhere from 60,000, I think the smallest one I've ever delivered is 60,000, all the way up to 4.1 million. One thing I noticed with each family, I appreciate the, ch the, the chance I had to, to serve those families and do what I did. And, and, and some of them I still serve, even after a breadwinner passed away, they invest the money with me. One thing, a couple of things I noticed with them, all of them, all of them, every every person who I had to deliver a check to, all of them are so glad that I was delivering the check. But here's the second one. All of them wish it was more. Wow. All of them. It's never enough. Yeah. And there's myths out there that people just listen to. Oh, you know, like I, I, I'm shocked I get this question all the time. Uh, how many life insurance policies am I allowed to have? Hell, as many as they'll let you have. Like as many. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? You, do you know how many companies there is? Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. When I open up policy on you, they're gonna ask me about your other policies. Yeah. So they're gonna ask me, yeah, do, do, does he have life insurance with other companies? And I'm, I'm gonna put in the application. Yep, he got a policy with uh, Prudential and Pack Life and Primerica and whoever else it is, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that don't stop you from getting a new one, though. Yeah. Life insurance can. Matter of fact, I heard this on a uh, on I don't know YouTube, Instagram. I can't remember. But, uh, you know, there's this big thing out there. It's a myth, but I'm going to say it, right? But there's this big thing out there that police are, are hunting down black men, right? And every time I hear a black man say that, I say, why ain't they caught you yet? It's <laughs> a wild boy, man. Why, why didn't they call me yet? I'm, I'm hey, listen, where I live, I literally, I literally drive past cops. I literally, you yeah, know how you yeah. be on the road? I got places to go, bro. Yeah. I, got, I ain't thinking about you. You know why? Because I live a clean life. I ain't got nothing yeah. illegal in my car. I, I'm yeah. moving and making things happen. Plus, when they come, if they pull me over and they stop me, I'm, I'm respectful when I come. And plus, I don't try to trip when they, because I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know if I should say this, but when I'm on the interstate, I ain't doing 55. I'm just letting you know. Uh, speaking of 55, <laughs> I said my cruise control is 70. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? I can afford the yeah. ticket. Yeah. Right? No, the speed limit is just a, it's a suggested speed. <laughs> it's a suggested speed, right? And matter of fact, in Chicago, where I'm from, you got to go with the flow of traffic. Yeah, New York, too. Ain't nobody doing 55 like that. If you're doing 55, you probably gonna pull you over. Like, yo, they gonna they gonna push you, they gonna push you after one of them little walls. You better move, right? So I'm doing 70. So guess what? When they pull but when they pull me over, let's say I'm doing 70. 
Cruise control set at 70. I'm on I-64. They pulled me over. I ain't giving them lip when they pulled me over. Mm. I did break the law. Mm-hmm. Why am I tripping? I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember one dude pulled me over. Now this was in the country in Virginia, but he pulled me over. He said, "You understand? Do you know why you, you pulled me over?" I said, "No, sir." He said, I, "I caught you speeding. You was you was clocking such and such at the such and such." I said, "I mean, if that's what you say, sir. I mean, you got a radar. I don't know." That dude let me go, just because mm. I said that. Mm. And then I have a I have a bunch of friends, but a few of them are attorneys. And they used to, I used to always, if I got a ticket, I just pay it. Let me pay it. Keep going, yeah. pay it, keep going. One of them told me never pay him. He said, always go to court. I'm like, bro, you really? know how much my time yeah. is worth? Why am I going exactly. to court? And I know I did it, right? Yeah. He's like, no, go. And I was like, okay. So I did it. I went in. Yeah. You know, I ain't paid for a ticket since. Really? Just because of the way I carry myself, I walk in, I speak to the judge. I even told the judge, he said, guilty or not. You know, that's how they do. Yeah, guilty or yeah, not guilty. Yeah, yeah, pretty I said, much. You know, in the trooper standing over here, I just, if dude say, I, he got a laser, sir. Yeah. If dude said I was speeding, I probably was speeding. Yeah. Right? I probably just didn't look down. And mm-hmm. he said, you know what? I like your attitude. Dismissed. I take mm. that back. I didn't pay a ticket. I did have to pay court costs one day, which was $31. Yeah. yeah. That's a heck of a lot better than a 50, yeah. 14 over the speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You feel what I'm saying? It's yeah. a, sometimes it's about the way you 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 move about. But somebody said, uh, uh, you want to stop all the killing of black men? Go to the hood and get everybody a life insurance policy. Mm. If every black person, every black mm-hmm. male, right, all the ones y'all think they hunting, mm-hmm. all of them go get million dollar life insurance policies for Prudential mm-hmm. and Allstate and mm-hmm. Trans America, and mm-hmm. I promise you, all of it is stop. You know how I know? Because now it's political. Now it's affecting the economy. Insurance companies are the biggest companies on the planet. Yeah. A bank will go out of business before an insurance company does. Yeah, yeah. Because because ba- insurance companies fall under solvency laws. They have to have yeah. a certain amount of cash and reserves. Yeah. Just just because they cover you. Exactly. Right. Like the company, my parent company, or the company I'm with, they're they're on the too big to fail list. Like we would affect if if our company failed, it yeah. would affect rural economies. Yeah. Yeah, if that makes any the, sense. So, life insurance is super important. And I yeah. didn't think like that when I started. I used to think it was a scam. I'm just, I used to think all insurance was a scam. But if you yeah. really understand what insurance is, it's a transference of risk. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a trans, you're transferring the risk. I have car insurance that I want to transfer the risk of me getting into a car wreck and having to pay for it. So, I transfer it to progressive. Mm-hmm. Farmers, elephant, whoever you got, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care, all of them are important. Mm-hmm. But life insurance, life insurance is the one we know we're going to use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the rest of them are using and losing. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's 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 what I was saying. That's like what my, you know, the primary point I was saying when it came to the life insurance, where it's just like, like, yo, like, you know, even if you don't, even if you don't live the luxury life that you see on 
YouTube and Instagram and all the other stuff, like you, you have the opportunity to have your children and your children's children live that by just paying a hundred, two hundred bucks a month. You know, see so that? Just like, see that? And we saying two, a hundred, two hundred bucks a month, but that's a policy. Uh, for most people, would be like a that would be like a permanent policy. That'd be yeah, like a whole yeah. like for a universal or index yeah. universal or variable or something like that. Yeah. The terms. Especially for guys like you, right? You and Lloyd, you guys are pretty young, right? I'm, yeah. I'm 51 now, right? But if you if you're pretty young and and healthy and a term policy, man, come on, man, some of those policies are 25 dollars a month, man, yeah. for a half a million dollars, yeah. right? 30 dollars for a million dollar policy, like yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, right. If I was, uh, you know, I, I have never done this, but you know, if, if I was out in the streets, yeah, I'm a hood dude. I'm out in the streets. I'm whatever you know you understand what i'm talking about right yeah the first thing i would do i would go get me a life insurance policy mm-hmm. to make sure my family okay because mm-hmm. you know if you live that life you're not living long yeah <laughs> you yeah. might as well go get a term policy like why yeah. not yeah right now you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to get creative because on the application it asks what you do for a living <laughs> right and I, don't, I don't i don't know if street pharmacists is a you know pharmaceutical sales you know pharmaceutical sales yeah there you go put pharmaceutical sales i mean you know, don't ask the company too but <laughs> you messed up at the I, I, you know <laughs> And, and I and I, I respectfully decline on me not being your agent because <laughs> I just don't I don't want to be affiliated really <laughs> I like my life I don't want my licenses in jeopardy yeah yeah and stuff like that but life you know we joked a lot about this but seriously guys life insurance is super valuable uh, to our community especially if you understand if you understand the, the power of it, and then I didn't even talk about the tax benefits that are in life insurance if you get the right type. So if you, mm-hmm. yeah, we talking about if you pass away, but now there's life mm-hmm. insurance with living benefits. Yeah. There's life insurance that builds cash value, cash value based on markets. So based on an indice like a like the S&P or the, the, the Russell 2000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just, we're scratching the surface, but life insurance is super, listen, Let's say it this way. I love to do this to people. People, when people say something, I like to challenge. Hey, I love my family. Do you? Prove it. Mm. How big of a life insurance policy you got? Mm. I love my kids. Really? Prove it. How much money you putting away for their college? You say you love them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an old saying that we could tell what people value. We could tell what what's important to them by looking at their calendar and looking at their checkbook. Mm. I can figure out what you, what's important to you. Yeah. You, your health important? When was the last time you was in the gym? Mm. I'm yeah. Just, hey, I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. Your health important, but your your checkbook look like. Look like McDonald's is is like you like you contributing to a McDonald's four hundred one k or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. If it look like you got that many deductions from McDonald's and Wendy's and yeah, which that stuff is not even real food. Now don't get me wrong. Yeah. Sometimes I splurge. Like I like a good KFC original recipe sometime or yeah. a Popeyes fried chicken sandwich or yeah. Uh, don't shoot. Yes, I do. 
a Hardy's biscuit. That monster biscuit, the real deal for breakfast. You know what I'm <laughs> right? It's it's seventy eight percent of your calories for the day, but still. <laughs> Yeah, Lloyd know what I'm talking about. I see his face. He know what I'm talking about. That's the real deal. That monster biscuit ain't no. Is the real? Yeah. Like what? I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about getting one tomorrow morning. No, you you see don't. what I'm saying? Please don't, for the love of Christ. But, this last but, thing this guy said he would lose 40 pounds, and he over here talking about some. I'm about to get a monster. <laughs> hey, Lloyd, you want to lose 40 pounds? Call me. I'll tell you how to do it. It won't even be that hard. Real talk. Not even playing with you. Yeah, he's, real talk, call me. I'm not joking. Yeah, he's and not, I, hey, he's and I'm not even gonna tell you what to eat. I'm gonna just tell you when to eat. Got Ooh, you. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let you. You can have some pizza. Listen, yeah, in 2020, man. during COVID, I lost 20, 27 pounds. Right, just doing intermittent fasting. Was still drinking my coffee. Was still drinking. It was still uh, uh, eating burgers, and pizza, and right. But I just had yeah. an eating window. Yeah. Right. And because the eating window was so small, I was in a caloric deficit. Yeah. Ooh, weight was just falling off, man. And then I, you know, you know, took it up a notch and all of that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, being healthy isn't as hard as we try to make it now. If yes, you've been man. if you've been bad for a long time, you can't expect it to be easy. Yeah. Right. Because obesity is running rampant in the black. Yeah. Yeah, and if we say anything about it, we 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 just horrible people. Oh, body, yeah. body positivity, we not talking. We not. Hey, you sad, man. You yeah. sad. Like, yes. what you want me to say? Like, especially women. You ain't supposed to say nothing about them, right? Oh, definitely not. I'll never forget. You're not supposed to ask a woman her age or her weight. I have both. In my business, I have to ask both. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm so easy with asking a woman, "Hey, what you weigh?" Hey, and then and then I'm a smart aleck. I say, hey, ma'am, how much you weigh? You can't ask a woman that. I say, if you have a problem telling me, that's a pro- that tells me you need to do something about it. One hundred percent. If if you can't say your weight out loud, yeah, that's not my problem. That's your problem, and you yeah. should do something about it. That, yeah. But I'm even gonna stop asking you because because I notice women don't have no problem dissing a man who's under six feet. Yeah. They ain't got no problem talking about a man's. The mm. size of a man's, mm-hmm. and them things you can't even control. You can't control how tall you are. You know, your, yeah. your equipment is right, yeah. but she can control how big yeah. her waist is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't mind saying. Now maybe I maybe I'm so bold with it because I'm happily married. Maybe yeah. I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> no, but you know me. Even if yeah, I was, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Oh, you know man. why? You know why? That's how I do it, right? When I'm when my wife married me, she bought a product. Mm-hmm. Now, with the use of a product, there's gonna be some wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not gonna it's not gonna be exactly the same as when you got, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how it is in a relationship with the person too. There's gonna be some wear and tear. But mm. but but the product shouldn't totally transform. Like, like my yeah. freezer, the freezer that I bought <laughs> don't look like a can opener now. You understand what I'm saying? It, or, or vice versa. The can opener I bought don't look like a freezer. It, (laughs) 
And then, oh, and the first thing I hear when when people get mad about somebody talking about their weight or whatever, all I hear is audacity. You have the audacity to be yeah. mad. We mad. Yeah. We mad you fat. We mad yeah. you let yeah. yourself go. Yeah. Real talk. I mean, I'm just being. I know I, this ain't popular, but. Hey, look, <laughs> we we are very we are very rarely the popular opinion on this podcast. So it's all good. It's all. And good. then last last thing I'm gonna say on that, and then we can uh, get back to this money thing, yeah. right? It, it floors me how many women uh, that are in these situations that we talking about act like they the prize. Mm. How, how does a man? Every woman has a list of what the man gotta be, right? Mm-hmm. If 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 you got a list, that's automatic that you ain't the prize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Automatic. I, yo, you know if what's I, funny? If I was literally things, thinking I about that be... in the shower today. <laughs> I was you know, literally if, thinking that same thing in the shower today. <laughs> if it's 10 things I gotta be for you to be interested in me, then all you gotta do is be cute. Yeah. And they were You're not that. the prize. You're not the prize. <laughs> You, I know that's not popular, man. I say that's <laughs> you not the prize. See, it's the fact. You need to, and see, you get, you need to understand. You only the prize when a product is only as valuable as the person buying. Yeah. Buying it sees it to be. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like certain yeah. things you wouldn't buy that I would buy. I would buy. Yeah. Well, not right now, right? But. Right, I don't uh, have it on you, right you, now. You, have, you do I, have a remarkable I'm, I'm, watch collection. <laughs> right, but let's say I'm, I'm rocking a Brightland today. I'm rocking an AP. I'm, I'm rocking a, you know, uh, a, a, you know, Richard. Some people wouldn't pay for that. Yeah. Right? Okay. But that doesn't mean it, the value is, I put the value on it. Yeah. And we got people out here trying to value product. They, if somebody ain't buying it, that means it ain't that value. Yeah. 100%. If that makes any sense, so yeah. Same thing with this financial stuff. If you, m- money is a mindset, real talk. Yeah. Here's the deal, right? The only difference between rich people and poor people is the way they think. Mm-hmm. It's not money. I wish it was money because mm-hmm. it'd be easier to explain to you. Mm-hmm. But if you if you change your thinking, it changes your habits. Mm-hmm. You heard me talk about habits earlier. Yes. If you change your thinking, it changes your habits. Yes. If you change your habits. I can almost guarantee you're going to change the results you get. Yeah. That's it. If you change those things. So stop thinking a certain way. Stop thinking all the, all the banks are after you. And right. Hey, if you, Hey, stop thinking rich people are, are nasty and, and selfish and whatnot. Hey, anything mm. you think negative of rich people or wealthy people, that means you could never be it. Mm. Mm. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. You're going to self-sabotage yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to pay attention to how you think about things. Yeah. Right? I'm going to tell you, I know some rich people. I know wealthy people, right? They're the most yeah. giving people. Most, I was just uh, about to say that. They're irritatingly giving. Yeah. Like, it's, like it's like, okay, man, that's too much stuff. Yeah. Right? It's like, but that's what, how they are. Like, they, they yeah. feel, and then they, they have so much appreciation. Yeah. It's just amazing. Now, the only time they act funny is when you give them funny vibes. Mm-hmm. And and normally they don't cuss you out or nothing like that. They just disconnect from you. Yeah. And that and that's how you feel like they 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 think they better than you. They think they no. better than you because they kind of are. 
yeah. real talk. Like yeah. you gave a vibe in the sense that they were like, you know what, I don't even want to deal with that. Like, yeah. And luckily, they're in a, pl- a position in their life that they don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, but most of the you you be shocked how much money they give away. Yeah. And some people do it for some people say, oh, they do it for the tax benefits. You can only write off so much of that. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it's only so much tax benefit to it. Yeah, and I, I was and uh I was reading I've something. I've seen these numbers. I was reading something about like the tax write-offs and stuff like that. And it's funny, they get more tax benefits from using something that'll help the business than to get yeah. the money away. It's like yep. y'all don't even read tax code, but you're you're talking about it. You're Mm -hmm. you're, you're an expert on it, even though you don't know like that they can only write off this amount when it comes to charity and they can write off way more if they were putting the money back into what's making them wealthy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't even, I I, I don't even want to get into that, but that's a whole, that's a conversation for another podcast. But But I I said that to say that don't, you know, you have to change your mindset when it comes to money if you want it. Matter of fact, let's go to scripture real quick, right? There's a there's a there's a, a part in the Bible where it talks about the parable of the talents and the, the master when he went on a long trip, he gave his servants talents, he gave his servants money, resources based on mm-hmm. their ability to handle them. To one he gave t- one talent, to one he gave two, and to uh, another one he gave five, right? Well, you'll notice in that scripture, in, uh, uh, the one that got five doubled it. The one that got had two doubled it. But the one that had one, the one that had the least amount hid it out of fear. In the scripture, it talks about if you double what you get, you're called good and faithful. Mm. But if you squander what you get, you're called wicked and lazy. Mm. Stay with me. Also in that same parable, the one that got had one was thrown into the dungeon and his one was given to the one who had the most. Mm. If you look at our political world, our political world would tell you that the one that got the most should give his to the one with the least. Yeah. But scripture don't say that. Scripture says no. that the one with the least because he squandered it, because he didn't do nothing with it. He didn't double it. He didn't. It, the master even said, man, you should at least put it in the bank so I got little interest. Yeah. Those are principles that most people miss. Yeah. You are supposed to double money. You are supposed to get money to work for you. But here's the yeah. facts. If you, if we, if we put it all into things, <clears throat> Things aren't aren't important. People are. Yeah. Right? But in order to... I used to say this all the time. Hey, hey uh, uh, salvation is free, but ministry costs. Yeah. Taking care of people costs. Right? Yeah. You, anything you... It, uh, I, I have a guy who I follow, um, and I've known him for a long time. Uh, you know, he got his own magazine now and written God knows how many books and uh, used to be a chancellor of a of a Bible college and all this different stuff. But one of the things he taught me was uh, when when you get right, the world will be right. It took me a minute to catch what he was talking about, but whatever I want in this world, I want to see. I need to create it. 
I need to be. Mm-hmm. Are you being who you want, what you want to see in the world? Mm-hmm. Right? You want the homeless to be, can you get financially independent so you can help the homeless? Mm-hmm. You want to help these this group of people or whatever? Man, I keep going for a long time on this subject. <laughs> when it, it comes to money, man, money money isn't as hard as we think it is. Um, you do have to detox yourself. You do have to reprogram your, your hard drive from mm-hmm. old myths and things that you heard growing up. Um, but it's, it's not that hard if you read the right books and... Uh, Really, if you can, if you can detox yourself from the world for a little while, for example, like this month, I'm I'm not going to be on uh, any social media for the rest of the month. Uh, starting tomorrow, um, I won't be watching any TV whatsoever. No Netflix, no no YouTube videos, nothing. I'm detoxing myself from the world um, because sometimes that stuff is an algorithm, and it'll yeah. keep feeding you. And what you put in is what you get out. Yeah, and I do this, you know, uh, periodically for myself. But um, I challenge other people to do the same. Like detox yourself from the world for a little bit, and read some good books, read uh, yeah. read the Magic of Thinking Big, Re- read How to Win Friends and Influence People, read uh, if you're a spiritual person, read Unqualified by Stephen Furtick, read uh, Debate of Satan by John Bevere, read uh, uh, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Uh, you know. If you if you detox yourself and read, right? And, and mind you, this is a guy, I'm telling you, this is a guy who's saying this stuff to you who hate reading. Yeah. Lloyd, I hate reading, bro. He does too. I hate reading. <laughs> I ain't but let me, tell you, let me tell you what I do like. You know what I do like? What's that? I like I like who I become from the reading. Mm. If, can you imagine if you were, I, I was doing a meeting with a couple of one of the families I serve in uh, in Colorado, right? So they're in Fort Myers. No, excuse me, not Fort Myers. We're, they're in Fort something in Colorado. Fort Collins, excuse me. So they're in Fort Collins. And uh, and I, I was so proud of the wife. She's made some strive and some, and some stuff. But one of the things she said her goal was this year was to read a book a month. A book a month. I was like, oh my God. I got so excited for it. I said, oh my God, I've been doing that for like 17 years now, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, oh my God. And the reason I got excited is because can you imagine how her mindset, how her posture, how the way she walks gonna change? She's gonna be a oh completely different person in a year's time. <laughs> completely different person. But here's the other thing, right? And, and she was a little daunted by it. She was like, oh my God, I don't know. It's a goal, but she like, oh, she's never done this before. I said, hey, I said, I'm not gonna say her name. But I said, uh, I'm gonna give you my secret: ten pages a day. Easy. Can you do? Can you do ten pages a day? Can you grab a book every night before you go to bed? Here's another. That's a healthy thing for you too. You know, while we while we on here, right? We're supposed to be on these blue these blue light blue light blocking glasses and all these types of things. What if what if an hour two hours before you go to bed, you you could turn off all TV, put your phone down, and all that stuff anyway? And you read ten pages. How many? How many books are actually three hundred pages? Yeah, there's not not many. Not many. I got, I got a bunch of books. I, I I think, I think, I think I might have five books that are over three hundred pages. 
and it's like not that much. It's like three thirty. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that here's, even... here's one book, right? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Right. I just look for the part you need to read. It's only two hundred fifty-two pages. Right. It's some other. It's some. In, it's an index in the back, but you don't need that, right? Yeah. Two hundred fifty-two pages total. Which means if you did 10 pages a day, you'll actually get done before the month is up. Yeah. And then you can kind of chill out and then, you know, February yeah. 1st, you start on the next book. Yeah. Right? 10 pages a day. And, and here's the funny thing. I'm not going to tell you to, no lie. Lloyd, right? Because you and I are like, we don't like reading, right? Uh, when you start, you're going to be falling asleep. I promise. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like melatonin man the damn book is like <laughs> <laughs> like you took a double dose of melatonin before you get the page I'm not even lying to you Lloyd you gonna get the page four and be, be, be nodding right <laughs> hey suffer through it though suffer through it yeah, get through get to it the Right. Now team. here's the cool thing. If you read 12 books in a year and you only applied 10% of each book, can you imagine what your life would look like? Yeah. Here's another thing that happens when you do stuff like that. When you have disciplines like tomorrow morning, I'll be in the gym at 530, right? You start believing you deserve success. Yes. Yes. And you act and you act accordingly. Yes. You understand what I just said? Yes, you sir start acting like because you paid the price yeah because you paid the cost up mm -hmm. front in full no discount no coupon you paid you start believing you deserve that success and then it actually start coming mm -hmm. but you do have to do it for a period of time that's not gonna just happen in a week that's not just gonna yeah. in a month okay yeah but if you did a, that stuff i'm talking about long term Stuff start coming, putting in place, and, right? And I'm not saying you're not still gonna have challenges. Trust me, I'm still having challenges. Still have issues. Still, my my challenges yeah. are just different. And here's the funny thing: because I, because of all that work I did all them years ago, the challenge that's up here now seems small to me. Because mm -hmm. my mental toughness is stronger. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the challenges I would deal with today. If I tried to deal with that challenge 15 years ago, mm -hmm. it might have killed me. But now it's like not even a challenge. It's like, yeah. man, whatever. Yeah. Believe it or not, that's that's money too, man. If you if you yeah. if you you know, uh, there's a guy named Dave Ramsey. I don't believe I don't believe in everything he talk about, but one of the things he say is, if you live like no one else, one day, you get to live like no one else. That's that budgeting thing. And that's that yeah. doing the right things with your money for a period of time. And then after a while, next thing you know, you look up. Boom. Yeah. And earlier I said, hey, you only have to do that budgeting thing for a period of time. Check this out. When you're making 40, 50, 60, 80,000, 120,000, 210 a year. Yeah, you, you probably should be on a budget, right? Yeah. But once you're making, once you're making 50,000 a month, <sighs> once you're making 30,000 a month, 40,000 a month, 50,000 a month. Nah, not really. Yeah. You make you make fifty thousand a month. What are you buying? 
No. Well, I know that. I know that Super Ligar are gonna be in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. That's it though. That's it. That's That's it. Like, but but this is why I say that. This is why I say that, right? By the time you make it fifty thousand a month, you was making ten. Mm-hmm. You was making ten a month consistently. Mm-hmm. And twelve and mm-hmm. thirteen and fifteen mm-hmm. and seventeen and twenty one. And sometimes hey, sometimes it went back down to twelve. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying, and then it, you know, in '42, '51, and that, that, that. It's okay. So by the time you get here, you done bought all the stuff you wanted in here. True, true. It ain't nothing to buy. Like what? Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's good. It, nobody goes from nothing to fifty thousand next month. Yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah, and here's the other thing: if it did happen. That person is in the worst shape because they don't know what to do with it. Well, yeah, that lottery winners. That's it. They that's, don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. You can't give a fifty thousand dollar a year guy five hundred million. No. He'll hurt himself. Yeah. They always do. Right? My daughter's they a new do. driver. My daughter's a really good driver though. Right? We let her drive any car, right? But she's a very good driver, but she's a new driver. Yeah. It would be irresponsible for me to give her a DBS super leg. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. That'd be irresponsible for me as a parent. Well, guess what? God is a parent and God ain't giving you nothing. You ain't show that you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, 100%. Yeah. Um, Sorry, man. We've been on here way too long already. No, you're good. I only had like two other questions. Um, the first thing, the first thing I know you said, um, or you taught me about this. You taught, you taught me about compounding interest and the rule of 72. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to go through a whole presentation. It's it's, just Google the rule of 72. You'll, if for people who, who would, who would, um, who listen to this, you, you, it's, it's a simple math equation, but, um, when it comes to com- compounding interest, and we also spoke about life insurance, and you know, it's funny how banks were bailed out, but insurance companies weren't back th- back when the whole Great Recession <laughs> happened. So, what what is a product that can take advantage of compounding interest? Oh my what God! Would you wow. think, what would you say is a is the best product to take advantage of compounding interest? Ooh, that's that's hard to say because it all depends okay. on the person. It depends gotcha. on their goals, what they're trying to do, right? So, for example, let me give you some real quick ones, easy ones, right? If you want a higher rate of return for your money, you got to put your money in things that are going to get a higher rate of return. So the bank mm-hmm. is, right? But let's say you work with a company and they have a 401k. These aren't these aren't the best plans, I promise you. They, they kind of dogs in our industry. But it's something, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen 401ks do a decent get some decent returns right 10 12 15 mm-hmm. right so take advantage of that especially if your company's matching you okay. right so in other words you work for a company you put a dollar they they give you a dollar up to you know three percent five percent whatever it is take advantage of that okay uh exchange traded funds etfs etfs is a great way to get into some index mirroring investments that can get you some decent rate of returns, 
right? Um, uh, mutual funds I still believe in. That's what's inside of a, most 401ks, thrift savings plan. Um, if you don't know about crypto, you probably should stay away from it. Um, yeah. But do some research, like really dive yeah. into it and don't listen to everything you hear, right? Yeah. You got to know how to eat the meat and spit out the bones or at least go see a professional. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, call me or, you know, you got to find, you got to find some people who help you. Even, even all the other stuff, you should have a professional. Like what I, one of the things I noticed about wealthy people too, is they have a plan and they have professional money managers. They mm. keep somebody in their pocket. Um, because if you're a surgeon or, or you're a, uh, you know, you drive trucks or whatever, you don't have the time, money, inclination, or resources to be paying attention to stuff all day, every day, like me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? This is my profession. So mm -hmm. just like you'll go to a professional when it comes to everything else, you should go yeah. to a professional when it comes to your money, even if it's just to talk to them, yeah. just to bounce stuff off of them. I can't tell you how many people just just work with me just so they can bounce stuff off of me. Like, hey, I got this mm -hmm. idea. This is what we're doing next. This one, this one strategy, and that's actually how I want it. I don't want to do all the work. Like, I I want you to do this to do some thinking too. Yeah, it's your family. Why should I do all the thinking? It's your family. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Come on, man. Help me out, right? Plus, I'm trying to work my way out of a job. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be on the beach some day with y'all. <laughs> don't, don't keep calling me. Make sure you learn from me. So, over yeah. the years, my 22 years, I have a good number of clients who've been with me a long time. You know, some of them been with me the whole 22. Some of them been with me 18 or whatever. Mm. Um, when we do our their annual reviews, I don't do much of, of the talking at all they do it like they're like oh yeah because i've taught them over the years like when the market drops they don't freak out they know what to do they know how to pivot mm -hmm. they don't panic i teach my people not to panic but pivot mm -hmm. don't panic pivot what mm -hmm. we doing this is what we supposed to do oh market now oh. what amazon 78 dollars a share maybe we should grab some of them you know what I'm saying? Yeah. those yeah, types yeah. of things so now they, i don't get calls when the market drops other advisors yeah. get calls, but that's because they want to be important. Yeah. They want to act like they're important. I don't I don't need to be important. I want to mm. be significant. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't I don't want to just be successful. I want to be significant. Yeah. I want to know my life matters. When the Lord, yeah. the Lord take me out, I want to know the people who I that came in my sphere of influence, they still gonna be okay. I'm gone. Yeah. But they but they're gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them panicking. Oh my God, John, go. What am I doing? No, yeah. you'll be okay. You'll yeah. Be okay. I gave I gave you enough knowledge and uh, hopefully I even uh got you to believe in yourself more mm -hmm. that you'll be perfectly fine without me. Um yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. Right. Even my wife and daughters. I hopefully I'm giving them enough, even though they, they fight me as I'm giving them the knowledge. <laughs> if I'm gone tomorrow. Hopefully, all of it will come back to their remembrance. It'll just be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I remember. Yep, I remember he used to do that. Yep. Yeah. He used to irritate me when he did that, but. Yeah. Now I know how to do it. Was, um... yeah. But those are some good investments. Those are good things to put money in. Here, you we talked about life insurance. I'll give you one more. Um, we talked about life insurance. What if you could get compound interest inside of a life insurance policy? Index Universal Life is a great, is a great product for that. Yeah. Index universal life. Variable universal life is still good too, but many people don't know how to manage them. 
especially even advisors. I've noticed and even a lot of advisors don't know how to manage them well. It's like, man, you should just stick to selling whole life and yeah. <laughs> universal yeah. life if you can't help them. You yeah. know, I, I, I won't market something to somebody who, you know, they don't have the inclination for it. So, yeah. uh, but Index good. Universal Life, you can't, man, you can't, you almost can't screw that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. You can get compound interest inside that and protect your family long term. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah, plan right there. That's, that's that sounds like a near perfect plan to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it, it, I would, I would go so far to almost say it is, but it's not the only plan though. So you should, yeah. I, I believe you should have one of them, but you should also have other stuff too. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, so don't let, you, not, you know, nothing's the end all to be all of everything. Yeah. 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 Um, I was, you know, just to go before I ask my last question, just to piggyback a lot, a lot of stuff that John's talked about today has been habit building, habit stacking, you know, the importance, the importance of your mindset, um, you know, shifting your mindset, changing your mindset, even educating yourself to help you do those things. And I was, um, watching, I was watching, uh, Eric Thomas today. He does a, Mm. uh, 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 he has his own church and he's preaching to the mm-hmm. church and he said it was so funny because everything you said made me reminded me of this he said money doesn't solve money problems no nope. and it's like yeah because you if you don't change this no matter how much money you make you're gonna have money problems yeah you know and he's, <laughs> yeah he's like you know and so it was just everything you said kind of has you know been centered around that um around that concept of like, no, these are the things that you got to do. You got to change your mindset. You got to build habits. You got to be disciplined and discipline mm-hmm. creates habits. And mm-hmm. and everything else, everything else is going to be all right. No matter what community you come from, no matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, you know, me, me um, I was I was actually thinking about on, on my way to uh, picking up my two oldest kids. And um, I was like, man, I'm I'm first generation. Me and Zero are first generation. Both our parents moved here, had us from another country, and they, and their their mindset about America is completely different from the Black American mindset about America. And mm-hmm. then, but we grew up poor. We grew up poor. My mm-hmm. father was a, our father was a gambling addict, um, so we never had money. Um, but but you know myself, I've never I never necessarily blamed him for anything. Um, but I was like, I'm I'm the first generation in America, and I'm going to be the last generation of poverty. And that's I think if a lot more people had that mindset of, no, this is going to be I, like it's gonna it's gonna end with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to be the one to start this. I think a lot more people in the black community could start to, and we've seen it, like no matter what they're all saying in the media, we're seeing more and more black people become entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. having really good jobs and you mm-hmm. know educating themselves and things of that nature. So I just want everybody who listens to this episode, um, this is going to, you know, this is a special episode for real, for real, but who listens to this episode to understand that it starts with you. No matter, mm-hmm. everything starts with you. And and also the first rule of leadership is everything's your fault. Take responsibility for what you're stewarding. And as long as you do everything right, everything else is gonna work itself out, you know, in some way, shape or form eventually. But um, I guess the last question I have though is, um, 
uh, I want to do th- five books that you would recommend to for people to change their mindset about money. Mm. Thinking Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Uh, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Really? I don't believe in 100% of what he say, but I'm going to give him 90%. Actually, the only part <laughs> he and I, and, and he believes in being totally debt-free, you know, even paying off your house. I, you know, there, and even I used to agree with him, but there, there are strategies you can use to leverage other people's money, uh, depending on the endeavor. But I get why he says what he says, because most people are just, yeah. just horrible with, you know, credit cards out the yin yang and all that kind of stuff yeah. so I get why he says what he says and I don't agree with him on the life insurance part he thinks term is the only way to go and yeah. um, after 22 years of doing this I definitely definitely do not agree now yeah um, I've seen that go horribly wrong yeah um, especially now with so many people getting sick right yeah. now your life insurance isn't just about you dying it's also about if you get sick so for example if somebody yeah. get a term policy right and then they get sick they get cancer they have heart disease have you know have some health issues you know type 2 diabetes all that type of stuff they might not ever qualify for another life insurance when that one expires mm-hmm. so that's dangerous yeah. um so but i'll still put his his book on the list yeah. uh total money makeover very ranch um man so many of them uh, I can't remember the author's name, but uh, tax-free retirement. I think I have that book. Patrick Kelly, I believe, is the author. Patrick Kelly. I had to look at my bookshelf, but I'm pretty sure I had. I never opened it, but, yeah, <laughs> but so, somebody gave it to me. a friend of mine gave it to me years ago, and um, I never opened it. Tax-free retirement. Okay. Yeah, Pat, yeah, Patrick Kelly. Tax-free retirement. Hmm. So many I could give you, man. Um, money, master the game. That's by Tony Robbins. I had the audio book, and this girl I was dating took it and never gave it back. <laughs> now, most people would expect me to put rich dad, poor dad, cash flow quadrant. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you the best. Okay, remember I said earlier that money is more really about mindset. It's about shifting your mindset. Okay. I believe out of that entire list, the best one on that five, out of that five, is Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harvick. Yeah, I've read that one. I'm going to read it again. Because he helps you shift your, he helps you, first of all, he helps you recognize your financial blueprint, why you think the way you think about money. That's the first thing he does, which was brilliant in the way he does it. Mm-hmm. But then he helps you reprogram. So you stop thinking the way you think about money and you think mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like dieting. It's just like food. 
if you think the wrong ways about food and and stuff like that mm-hmm. you actually hurt yourself mm-hmm. right but if you have a, a healthy mindset when it comes to you know money or, f- or food and things like that you'll you know you'll get to the goals you want uh mm-hmm. health wise yeah. um but yeah if i had if i you told me hey one if you said one book i would say secrets of a millionaire mind by t harper yeah now i want to um i definitely wanted to give people a, a list and even some uh even i know i read with the audio book I've read three of these five books um but but I'm definitely going to grab them again because one of the things that I wanted to do this year um though I read a lot I I've never really committed to reading x amount of books in 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 a year um Mm -hmm. so that that's something that that I wanted to make sure that I did this year and I wanted to change it up I wanted to have um I think you had sent me the video and it, it was like uh, if you if you read a book about like uh, I forget the four things he listed. He was like, "See how your life changes in a year." So I was like, "Okay." So I'd asked you um, about books about you know God and spirituality, building a relationship with Christ. So I wanted mm-hmm. to read a spirituality book. Um, I'm in sales, so a spirituality book, a sales book, a money book, mm-hmm. and just cycle that throughout the year and mm-hmm. see you know what changes and of course teach my family you know my son's gonna be 16 in two months and you know my daughter wow. just turned 13 and wow. um and you know and even it's it's so unusual because i'm like seeing their their money habits and i'm like oh shoot like i never taught them about money mm-hmm. you know and i was just like you know they they're just like, oh, when we get it, spend it. And I'll say, oh, well, make sure you save. But I never really broke it down for them on why it's important to right. put money away. Right. Why it's there to save. And it's, you know, I don't know why I haven't. You know, I was like, just, I'll, sometimes I feel like, you know, especially with my son, that sometimes I, I let him down because when he was young and being a teenage dad and doing so much work to just mm-hmm. to, for us to live and not really being able to father him for the first and then we got me and his mother got divorced I think he was seven so like there was a period of time where I was you know I had him full time what didn't teach him a lot of the things then we were then I had him half time for many years up until uh, two years ago three years ago and it was just like he wasn't getting consistency because he was in two houses it's just like okay like now that I have him here I need to I need yeah. to pick it up because he's going to be an adult soon. But it's just um, um, so that's why I wanted to make sure. All right, as I learn, I teach him, mm-hmm. and, and even that's how it's supposed to go. He doesn't. He doesn't like it. But I, I keep telling him, I'm like, look, everybody's after you. Like, um, I I know you didn't ask to be the oldest, but everybody's after you. So I mean, like, you got to look after them. That's your like. I, that's mm. your responsibility for your chi- for not only your younger siblings, you have you know very soon officially step siblings, and everybody's everybody's going to look to you as being you know the the man after me. I'm not going to be here forever. That hopefully you're not like me, um, where you're burying me at burying me at a very young age, um, with like we were with our parents, but 
you know, but you got to be able to, when I'm gone, handle things the way I could handle them. So mm-hmm. it's like, but or better. Not gonna, yeah, or even or better. better. Way yeah. better, actually. We, <laughs> we, we want our better. children, we want our next generation. That's why we're hard on them. We want them to be better than us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, what parent doesn't want their child to be better than them? Although I've yeah. seen some selfish parents who oh, literally yeah. tried to hold their hold their child back. But definitely. Um, but it's normal. It's I think it's a normal response for a parent to want their child to be better. Yeah. And um, what I like about what you said is um, you're taking responsibility for it. That you you fell short. Yeah. Um, but we can't we can't focus on the past. What we got to do is focus on what we can do today and move mm-hmm. forward. And um and and here's the best way to teach anything, right? And I think I've done this with you. Yes. Um, the best way to teach is to model it. Yeah. The best way to teach is just to walk it and let them see you doing it. Yeah. Um, but money is one of the things you do got to send them down and be like, mm-hmm. you know, so for example, hey, when you get paid, little man, it should be a certain amount you're giving away. It should be a certain amount you're saving. And then it's a certain amount you get to, you know, do what you want to do with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, that's just what I believe when it comes to that giving part, right? It, mm-hmm. it, I used to, I remember when my mom used to say all the time, it's more blessed to give than receive. I had no idea what she was talking about. I, yeah. I said, I, I, I don't agree, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know how good, you know, you know, when you're a young kid, you're like, I know how good it feels to, to get, yeah. and that's feeling really yeah. good. So I don't, see this, <laughs> I don't see this giving being better than that. No, right? <laughs> Um, but it, it, you believe it or not, I was 30 before I caught it. I was 30 years old when my wife and I uh, had an opportunity to bless a family that had really no value to us, but we knew they were going through something. We, we, it was a situation and, uh, and we had it, we had it to give, not to loan it. We don't believe in doing that. I don't want to change the relationship, mm-hmm. um, to give it like to, and, and we got high from that, like, mm. And we've been chasing that high ever since, mm. of of just giving and with with no expectation of nothing in return. Just and it's a it's an incredible feeling. It's mm. it's it, I can't even I can't even describe it. It's uh, now I'm I'm wiser today in reference to I understand my money isn't my money. It's God's money. So it's mm. up, it's not up to me what who I give it to mm. or who I bless. It's really up to Him. So I wait for those promptings and I wait for him to give me, you know, because sometimes sometimes when you give things to people, you're hurting them. You're not helping. Yes. You know, so uh, you know, it's certain people in your family. You shouldn't bail them out. You should you should let yeah. them feel the pressure of that. You yeah. And, and then they will learn to put themselves in a position where they never be there. again. Right. Yeah. Uh, sometime when you're hurting people, you're giving them a crutch. But yeah, but it's other times when giving is such a just a oh my gosh it's a, it's a high it's a yeah and it's a high you can't even describe you can't even at least i haven't been able to put it into words and i i i'd use words for a living <laughs> I, I can't, yeah yeah my, it's a beautiful thing man and um the way you feel but now we've run into some challenges where people would treat us differently because we gave so now we try to do everything in anonymously and stuff, but, mm. but otherwise, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. you know, it's a, yeah, some people, 
some people are just funny. It's it's so it's yeah. okay, right? Or, or they just don't know how to respond, right? Because yeah. they don't, you know. And I, I don't hold it against them, but uh, yeah. but I don't want to be I don't want to be ostracized and, and treated bad because I did a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to um, I'm gonna tell a quick story and then we'll wrap this up. But um, I remember there was a time, um, shoot. This is before the pandemic. So it was 2018 going to 2019. And I was trying to get an apartment and a girlfriend that I had that John had told me that I was moving too fast with. And uh, uh, she ended up leaving leaving the house that we had rented together, you know, just picked up and left and, um, you know, try to get a new place. And they were like, hey, you have an eviction on your record you can't get a can't get a place and so I kind of bounced around a little bit and um and I went to John John had gave me a little bit of money to get a to get a hotel and actually um connected me with somebody who ran a hotel so I got like a huge discount and um and it wasn't and it was funny because he was like he was like yeah I don't have any problem giving this to you and he was like because you never asked me for nothing but advice and he was like, you never, he was like, I have so many people around me that like, you know, because they know that I do well, they'll they'll kind of lead like, or try to leech. Of course, he's a strong-minded person, so he knows how to help him and how not to help him. But I don't think I had told him this, but I had, uh, we speak about him all the time on this podcast, but a good friend of mine. And um, he's like, hey, um, I'm gonna help you with the hotel. I'm gonna pay for half of it. Um, he never paid a dime, never. And um, Angie, she's like, you're still like really close friends with him. Why? And I was like, first of all, because though he's important to me, the most important man in my life helped me. So I didn't think I needed help with anybody else. I don't care what they promised me or whatever they, I didn't feel like I need any help with anything else. And I was like, and then another thing I, and I thought of was, who am I to get mad about some what somebody else decided to do with their own money? <laughs> okay, I understand what he said, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's yeah. his money. Like I'm not yeah. gonna. And I was like, you know, I was like, and it it was it was John's help that allowed me to be able to afford it on my own, be self sufficient, and then eventually end up getting my apartment. And I hadn't looked back since. And um, you know, but the, you know, it was a moment because I had been. Matter of fact, I was living in a homeless shelter mm-hmm. when I met John. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so being that being in that position again after all the work that I did, and then I was, and then I was like, okay, like this wasn't my fault. And he said, "Is I know it wasn't your fault, but nobody else is responsible for getting you out of this." And you know, like I said, I was going on four years, actually, four years ago. Like, like maybe in about a week it'll be four years until the day and so it's just like and I haven't looked back and you know we're homeowners now and things of that nature and um, yeah. I just want to tell that now. story proud of you yeah. and I just wanted to tell that story just because you know this is somebody who is a man of faith you know walks with Christ has taught thousands of people so many things and we and thousands of people like he said that he he can't even account for and some of them are still making excuses even after meeting him 
even after having these con- the conversation that we've just been having for about the last hour and a half now, like 2023, we got to get rid of the excuses. Like, stop saying this is my year and never making it your year. Mm-hmm. Like, I pray, I pray that everybody who is touched by the words that this man has said today and the touched by the words that my guy Maury talked about with um, weight loss. And of course, John inspired me to do weight loss um, when I went on my weight loss journey because he was like, yo, you're getting kind of big. Like, I thought you wanted to walk your daughter down the aisle. I didn't even know I was going to have another daughter. <laughs> I thought I was done with the daughters and I was like okay I need to get you know I need to get get right and so and I still have a ways to go still have a long way to go but um but you know I say that to say like he's taught us so much about money he's taught us giving us books to list, read things to listen to products to invest in um you know leadership tools to have he's given us He's given us way more than we even thought we were going to get on this podcast. So, again, thank you so much, John, for your time. Um, Lloyd, did you have anything for John before we let him go? Everything he said, I wrote down, and um, yeah, everything he said, I wrote down. And oh, the first book that you said, I didn't get the from name of the first book out of. Uh, that was Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill. It's a classic. It's really old. And it's cheap. You can get it for nothing. Extremely. It's like 10 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's well, a profound um, book, no. though. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, yeah, everything, every quote I felt like was very important that you said. I wrote it all down. The compound interest, I wrote everything down that I so I can take everything in. So, yeah, I don't have anything to ask or add because I got everything that I believe I need. Very cool. All right, people. This has been the Between Brothers Podcast. Please, um, I don't usually ask anybody to share our podcast, but this is, our last two episodes are definitely ones that need to be shared and pushed out there for all the people in not only just our community, but every community um, needs to hear a lot of the things that we that um, we and John discussed today. Again, um, we drop every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, follow us on Media, TikTok, um, TikTok, the Between Brothers podcast, and, um, and look out for us and many more meaningful episodes um, here in the future. I know Usually we do a lot of sports talk, talk and stuff, and this is the last week of the NFL season. I'm sure a lot of y'all were probably expecting that, but this is way more important for the lives of people than just football. But um, my parting shot is uh, shout to D- D- um, Hamlin, Demar Hamlin, and his health. Um, if y'all yeah. wanted some sports, praying for uh, him. Yeah, shout to him. Um, too many, too many athletes get in those situations and. The, the even though they get paid a lot, the league doesn't do a whole lot for him afterwards. So, um, giving giving him his prayers and um, there's things bigger than football, like this conversation we had today, and like um, Demar Hamlin's situation. Um, Zero, what's your parting shot, my brother? Uh, you took my parting shot, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, it's been oh, a pleasure. Actually, oh, good. Actually, I do got one. It's gonna be a. Uh... 
I need grown men to stop saying that football is a kid sport. A grown man made the game for grown men to play. Stop saying it's a kid sport. They stop saying it's a kid's game. Kids didn't invent it. The only kid's game is a hide and seek. Like <laughs> <laughs> jumping rope. <laughs> look, just because kids do like, it don't mean it man, don't look, the kids. Look, look, I uh don't probably invent it hide and seek. It was like oh, stop man. saying like stop saying uh grown man sports are a kid's game. Just because you yeah. played it as a kid didn't make it a kid's game. Yeah. yeah. Kids ain't putting their lives on the line for that. John, did you have anything you wanted to leave us with before we let you go? Uh, you know, first of all, thank you guys for even uh, thinking of me to be on this uh, podcast. First of all, I'm proud of both of you guys uh, thank you. that brothers are doing things together, you know, uh, that you guys have come together, you put something together. And uh, it, all I ask is you guys stay consistent and continue to put out good content that, that can uh, maybe entertain people, but also impact um, and, and, and enhance their lives. Uh, so I appreciate you um, inviting me on, but John, you know, I, of course I appreciate our relationship over these years, uh, just being able to be in your life. I'm privileged to be able to call you a friend. Uh, and for the listening audience, I would like to tell you, hey, um, I want you to believe in you. I want you to know you can do it. I want you to know your family's worth it. And you, but you have to believe that. You're worth it and your family's worth it. So whatever challenges you have to go through, whatever you gotta do to come up to the next level and make, put your, position your family and yourself in a better position, you're worth it. And don't let anybody tell you you can't, okay? Um, so I'll leave you two things. One, always, always in a lot of talks with this, that uh, who I am, is God's gift to me, but who I become is my gift back to God. And I believe that's true it is for you too. You know, who you become is your gift back to God. And I want you to think about what kind of gift you will want to give him. And lastly, on the on every one of my emails, probably the last 17 years at the bottom, it has a little quote. And it says, uh, there's a loftier ambition than to merely stand high in the world. It is to stoop down and lift mankind a little higher so um that's all i'll leave with you guys i, pre- I con- consider it a privilege to be able to be on here with you thank you uh, hopefully i gave something of any value to help at least one person who will listen to this thank you uh, thank you thank you so much well that's it for us we love y'all we'll see you next week and I said, just make sure you share at least the last two episodes of this podcast because they're very important and um, they're going to, if people apply what they've heard on this podcast the last two weeks, their lives are going to change completely. But we'll, it's been Between Brothers Podcast. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>